Welcome to Greenfish Blue Oceans, the podcast where stories about seafood are good for you in the oceans. I'm Maureen Berry, Kentucky-based sustainable seafood advocate, author of the cookbook Salmon from Market to Plate, photographer, nap taker, and paw rent to one feisty 11-year-old wire fox terrier. Check my website, MaureenCBerry.com, for more information about my current projects or buy a book. This week, I'm tackling O is for oysters and ocean threats. In the first half of the program, O is for oysters, I'm dishing where to buy, shopping resources, oyster restoration, slurping, hiring a sommelier, recipes, and more. In the second half of the program, O is for ocean threats, I'll touch on the biggest known threats, man and acidification. I have a few suggestions and a thought or two, so stick around. There's plenty to talk about in this week's episode. Guys, thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the O is for Oysters part of the program. I want to begin today's episode with a personal story. Last week, I drove up to Indiana to pick up a few specialty grocery items, which hopefully would include fresh oysters. But there were no oysters in the case at the market, so I asked the dude behind the counter, anyway, if he had any oysters in the back. He asked me how many I wanted, and I said, Depends. Can you bring the tag? He rolled his eyes and went off to check the stockroom. Now, I knew there were no oysters back there, and even if they were, he probably wouldn't bring them back. I hate being so fussy and picky because I know that that's what happens. I think the clerks um, don't want to have to do more. And, you know, how unusual is it that I would be asking for a tag? Because I don't even think he understood what that meant. Anyway, of course, he came back empty-handed. So I just asked for the next seafood delivery date and bought two pounds of wild American shrimp instead. So I bring this up for two reasons. One, it's incredibly frustrating, as you must know, living in Western Kentucky as a seafood lover. Two, I wanted to show you that I practice what I preach. For instance, I went to the market to buy oysters, but since they didn't have any, I chose another species. So I encourage you to get in that habit when you're shopping for seafood, because sometimes the fish doesn't look good in the market or the product's not available. So just don't have your heart set on a particular species and you'll do fine. Now, I can have oysters shipped to my house. So to give you an idea of what that looks like, um, three dozen oysters from Virginia runs about $50 plus shipping. And the shipping to Western Kentucky is about $25. So that's a little over $2 an oyster, which seems pricey, right? Well, it is for me anyway, because even though I love to slurp, Elvis won't touch them. He's one of those people that has the ick factor and will not touch an oyster. So I just patiently will wait for the retailer in Indiana to bring them in. And oh, so I'm only going to be talking about live oysters today. Uh, Of course, 
Of course, oysters are also sold as fresh shucked meat and sold smoked and packed in oil, but today I'm only going to talk about the live fresh oysters. Now, I've found that you either love to eat oysters or you don't. There's no gray area. Mostly, I suspect it's the texture. Oysters are slippery, chewy globs of meat. <laughs> I mean, there's no pretty way to describe an oyster. Um, I mean, maybe some of my oyster sommelier friends would just be like, Maureen, why are you saying that? But it's how I am. I don't see it as pretty. I just see it as delicious. So if you're on the fence, though, about eating oysters, think about some of these things. Oysters have a really rich, briny flavor. Some taste like butter. Some taste like cucumbers. It depends on where the oyster's grown, kind of like grapes are for wine. Oysters clean the oceans. They help rebuild coastlines, estuaries, and gardens. They're sustainable, nutritious, and fun to eat. Oysters are loved the world over, from tiny to giant. These babies are coveted, revered, even considered an aphrodisiac by some. Oysters have been around for thousands of years. They even look prehistoric. They sport a hard, rough, grayish-white shell, which is covered in grooves and waves. The shell is made up of calcium carbonate and trace minerals. And no two oysters are alike, kind of like a snowflake. The shell has two parts, a flat top side and a bottom cup, which is where the meat and the liquid is held. So when you're buying oysters and storing them, you always want the cup side down to preserve that liquid inside the oyster. Oysters are found just about anywhere there's coastal water. In the United States, there are 15 states that farm oysters. And they're farmed around the world Everywhere, France, New Zealand, Spain, Brazil, Japan, Canada, Chile, Japan, Mexico. The United States is a minor player in the global aquaculture industry, you should know. Yet, we're the second on the list of seafood consumption. Sounds wrong, in a way. I mean, aquaculture in the U.S. would bring jobs and substantial income to our economy. And they would provide a much-needed protein also. Oysters are really high in protein, minerals, and vitamin B12. They're low in calories and fat. But really, beyond all that, they're just amazing. That old wives' tale about only eating oysters during months with an R is an old wives' tale. Modern technology, processing, and regulations make eating oysters safe any time of the year. So where can you buy oysters? Well, if you're lucky you live in a big city, you probably can find them at the grocery store. I put a link in the show notes of a list of where you can buy oysters. Thanks to my friend Julie, the New York City-based oyster sommelier from In a Half Shell. Think Washington State, New York, Virginia, Florida. Those are the biggest states. And the largest shellfish farmer in the United States is in Washington State, Taylor Shellfish Farms. They are so big. Do you know how big they are? They ship 50 million live oysters a year. 50 million. Isn't that crazy? And 150,000 gallons of shucked oyster meat. It's actually mind-boggling. It's so big. So if you are fortunate enough to have bought some oysters and you're looking for recipes, 
There are a couple of really good cookbooks on the market. Fellow IACP member Cynthia Nim, who I absolutely adore for her seafood savvy, put a cookbook out in 2016. Hog Island Oyster Farm, one of my favorite Washington State oyster farmers, has a book out. And P&J Oyster out of New Orleans is one of the oldest oyster producers in Louisiana. They have a cookbook. If you need any further evidence of how good the oysters are at P&J, check my YouTube video where I'm slurping oysters straight from the warehouse in New Orleans. I got to tell you, it doesn't get any better. In fact, I always eat oysters when I travel. I prefer to eat my oysters naked. Sometimes I add a little squirt of lemon juice or dip it in a fragrant mignonette, which is just a blend of vinegar or some acid mixed with herbs. If you see a champagne mignonette on the menu, order it. Oh my gosh, so delicious. Mostly though, I love to just sip the liquid that's in the cup and then plop the meat in my mouth, a few chews. Mm. Oh man, oysters are so sexy. All right. So let's say you have some oysters shipped to your house, but you don't know how to shuck, or maybe you don't want to deal with the mess. Well, you can hire a shucker. Though I have to admit, most traveling oyster bars will bring their oysters, but you know, everything's negotiable, right? Except for death, but that's another story. So how do you hire an oyster sommelier or as the French say, a cahier, which literally means to open. Well, thanks to the internet and social media, it's never been easier to find trustworthy, dedicated shuckers come to your home. So here's a few worth mentioning. Dr. Bill Wharton and his lovely wife, Beth, She's the executive director of Oyster South Symposium, and he's affiliated with Auburn University Aquaculture Research Program. They are the Gulf Coast oyster shucking power couple. Their hashtag should be, we'll travel with oysters. If you live in New York City, hit up Julie that I mentioned earlier of a half shell. She even wrote an oyster tasting book, 33 Oysters on the Half Shell. It's a cute little small, like, pocket-sized book. I mean, I'm not, I think it might be like a five by five. It's really adorable. Um, a few other noteworthy shuckers. If you live in California, check the Oyster Girls. They have a traveling oyster bar that offers shrimp and caviar too. Kind of cool. And then if you're down under, check the shuck truck, who's also an oyster farmer. I did a little research that, for you that most of the wholesale markets that I mentioned offer a traveling oyster bar. So, Lucky you if you live in Washington State, just saying. Now, it's worth noting that oysters are not just for eating. There are two other industries that make these bivalves the superheroes of the seafood world. Enter oyster restoration and pearl oyster cultivation. Now, pearl oysters are a whole other bivalve and podcast episode. I did include a link in the show notes about pearl oyster cultivation, which seems like a really tongue twister if I had to say it one more time. Um, But regarding oyster restoration, there are several successful ongoing restoration projects in the United States, and I'm sure around the globe. So if you know of any, and um, you want me to add them to the list, and you're out of the United States, or you're 
you just know of other places around the world, hit me up because I'll add it to my list. I think that'd be great. So what exactly does oyster restoration mean? And why do we need oyster restoration? Oyster restoration is the process of putting oysters back in the water to build a reef or build up a waterway. Oysters are filter feeders and improve water quality. They filter nutrients, toxins, and protect shorelines. They are essential to the health of an estuary. Without these filter feeders, we have algal blooms and deteriorating shorelines. A couple of projects worth mentioning, Billion Oyster Project based in New York is an initiative of the New York Harbor Foundation. Its mission is to educate and rebuild New York Harbor with an oyster reef. In Louisiana, there's a recycling program for discarded oyster shells to help build up the shoreline down there. Um, They say in Louisiana that every day they lose a football field size piece of land every single day to eroding shorelines. That's crazy, right? In Chesapeake Bay, get this, they use oyster cages made by inmates. And there's an oyster reef restoration project in Florida. So lots of really good stuff going on with oysters. Now, I do have to say there is something uh, I want to talk a tiny little bit about, the not-so-delightful side of oysters. There are just a few things worth touching on regarding eating live raw oysters. According to the USFDA, eating raw oysters can present life-threatening illnesses if contaminated with V. vilnificus, a pathogen. Eating raw oysters can produce norovirus-type illnesses too, commonly known as the stomach bug. But this isn't really any stomach bug. This virus spreads fast during and after infection. Its symptoms include stomach cramps, diarrhea, and vomiting. Some people are hospitalized with norovirus. So I did a quick search on the US FDA website to see if there were any oyster recalls. And indeed, there were. So since the beginning of 2017, there were 13 recalls in the US, Canada, and Mexico. Considering that that one oyster farmer in Washington state ships all those oysters around the world, that's like a drop in the bucket. The oyster industry is well-regulated. So why would an oyster be recalled anyway? Well, oysters are extremely sensitive to water quality and temperature. Plus, they're susceptible to coastal pollution. They can retain toxins in their flesh, making them unhealthy for human consumption. And if oysters are stored in unsafe temperatures, well, these are delicate little organisms, so there's going to be a problem. On a brighter note, oyster shells make gorgeous jewelry, gorgeous jewelry. I added a link in the show notes to a gallery of rare and unusual oyster shells, and I have a Pinterest board titled Oysters, so find me on Pinterest, Maureen Seabury. Totally worth a peek. Okay, that's it for O is for Oysters. Stick around for a few more minutes for O is for Ocean Threats.
What's up, guys? Welcome back. First, let me identify the largest threat to the oceans. Ready? Humans. That's right. We have created a bigger than imagined lifestyle for ourselves. Never before have we had more opportunities, more food, more products, more, more, more. And that, sadly, is where the problem lies. There's no big secret or code for the solution. We just need to slow down the process of more. How do we do that? I mean, that's a big question. I don't have the answer. I can only be responsible for my own actions. And I ask the same of you. The other major threat to our oceans is acidification. Acidification occurs when too much carbon dioxide enters the ocean. And we already know that carbon dioxide emissions are off the charts. And we're already on a collision course unless we slow the process down. So when too much CO2 goes into the water, it impedes calcification, creating weaker shells in oysters and clams. It creates a problem for all living organisms in the ocean. Coral reefs, zooplankton, fish, sharks, marine life. So what can we do to help stop or slow this process? Well, you could plant a tree. (laughs) I mean, you knew I was going to say that, right? If you've been listening to this podcast. So if you, I'll take it a step further. If you have the means go ahead and plant a forest. And then if you do, hit me up and let me know. I would love to give you a plug and talk about you. Second, use less plastic. I mean, these are just easy solutions. And I mean, I know if you're listening, you already recycle. Maybe you even stopped using plastic straws. I bought a pack of those hard plastic reusable straws It's working pretty good, although I got to admit, sometimes I don't always remember to bring one with me. Here's something else to consider. You know those delivered meal kits that are hugely popular right now? Have you thought about how much packaging and waste goes into those kits? Just think about it before you commit to the next six months of ready-to-make meals. Thanks. You know, we can make changes to slow things down. And while we're at it, start thinking about how we will need to adapt for the future because change is on its way. And one of our biggest often overlooked challenges beyond the political unrest around the world that seems to be so present and in our faces, one of these biggest challenges is gonna revolve around water. That's it for this episode of Greenfish Blue Oceans. If you have a question or you want to talk more, hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at maureenseberry at gmail.com or find me on social at maureenseberry. Up next on Greenfish Blue Oceans, P is for pink shrimp and pink salmon. That should be amazingly delicious. Thanks for listening. I'm Maureen Berry, and this is Greenfish Blue Oceans.